0: You are listening to KLRN
1: Radio, where liberty and reason still reign.
2: Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f-ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades and aloe vera lubricating strip and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Your handsome-ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, pop-up. Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandra and I are going to ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors. We're also making new jobs. Alejandra, what were you doing last month? Not
3: working. What are you doing now? Working.
2: I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are dollarshaveclub.com, and the party is on
5: the following program contains course language and adult themes. Listener discretion is advised.
6: evening, everyone. This is Diane and Darlan as well from the Red Wine. We are so glad you're joining us this evening. Um, Hello, everybody. My- <laughs> We're going to be minus my two cats because they're on the list and it's not the good list. It's the naughty <laughs> list. So they're banished because normally they do all my shows with me, but I'm sorry. There's only room for one and it's me. Um, <laughs> at least in my household,
7: right? <laughs> How are you doing, Daryl? I am fabulous. We're having a big storm here, so I just hope that we don't lose power. And if we do, you'll know what happened. The lightning and thunder struck, and it shook my whole house, and both my dogs and both the cats just ran up the stairs.
6: (laughs) Oh, I I know, because it's been, like, really kind of crappy weather. I don't know if it's related to Hurricane Ian, if it's the remnants. Who even knows what it is, but... um... I just, you know, it's just shocking looking at some of the images from um, Florida. On a bright note, my uncle is safe, and our good friend that lived in Punta Gorda um, is safe other than property damage. So that's the main thing.
7: Um, But crazy storm in Naples, and I texted her and I haven't heard back from her. So I hope that she's all right. I did have another friend in uh, Marco Island, and he said everything is a total mess, but that they're safe.
6: Which is, I mean, that's the most important thing. I mean,
7: material items can be
6: replaced and rebuilt. Um, Lives can't.
7: I just feel bad when people lose their, you know, family heirlooms or pictures. You know, there's some pictures that I really like to hold on to um, that I only have one picture of. So, you know, I do understand that. And then pets. Pets are lost. Oh, I know. I just, I can't imagine. You know, they're so helpless and (laughs) just, it's a terrible tragedy. And it's, it's terrible that the vice president thought that we should distribute money according to race. But that's for another show.
6: Yeah. Well, hey, you know what? We're, it's free reign. We can talk about it right now and, and touch upon it. But you're right. I mean, just some of the stuff that came out of her mouth is appalling. Um, and, and to hear Biden say, oh, well, this storm is proof that, um, you know, global uh, climate change contributed to this hurricane no, it didn't, because there's four other hurricanes that were even stronger than Ian was, and they were all centuries old. So you know, so tired of that guy. He doesn't. I mean, who's feeding him this information? It has to be in one of those earbuds, because God knows the guy can't sit there and string two sentences together or two words. Yes, I mean seriously. Again, that that just brings me back to the subject: who is actually running this country? Because we know it is not. Well, for chief.
7: Well, we know uh, George Soros has a hand in it because look at all the looting and unrest, uh, no cash bail for a murderer who runs over a teenage girl. Are you serious? Oh, it, it's ridiculous.
6: I mean, they're letting them in and out back on the streets. I'll tell you one thing. No offense to people that are from New York. I wouldn't be caught dead in New York City right now because I probably would be dead. But... I wouldn't go without my taser or or, or switchblade or something
7: well a lo- uh, my friend Chrissy lived in we went to Boston Lab together, I don't know if you remember her, but she lived in Manhattan with a bunch of her friends and they all left for Florida, you know because they just couldn't stay in the city anymore it was it was it was a terror and it was a mess, and the tax ramifications were absolutely um Cost prohibitive to live there, you know, even for the people who lived in Manhattan who had money, and so they moved down to um, they moved down to Florida to Miami.
6: As long as they don't bring their politics down with them, um, and I, I hope it's I hope honestly I hope well she's a Republican. Years, yeah. she's, a, she's a Republican. But I mean, th- the past two years have really it has to open the eyes of people that how can you go from where we were in two thousand twenty? I mean, granted, yeah, we had COVID. Um, but there were, there were things put in place so that
7: people weren't destitute. You know what I mean? I think it was, well, you and I I were doing some research for another show and I looked up this one company, it's called Signal and it's a GOP company, but what they talk about is fascinating and, and it's this exact same scenario is when. People have a, a hard emotional belief about something like COVID. They will find ways to justify it no matter what it is. I usually and, put that under
6: excuses.
7: Well, you know, it is an excuse, but they'll, they'll justify it. And that's why they end up, you know, yelling instead of debating. And if you ask them something, they'll say, well, that's whataboutism. And they really can't establish a fact pattern for their emotions, and that bothers them. And I think that's why a lot of uh, people tend to, <laughs> that are very liberal, they just want to cling onto something and be a part of something, even if it's ridiculous. Oh, that's pathetic. And they will defend that to be part of that, quote, gang. We, so, I mean, we have colleges, we still have colleges
6: out there in various states that are requiring people to wear masks inside and out. When oh. even the CDC is no longer requiring any
7: of that. So why is it, is it a control measure over the students? Well, I hate to tell you what I think it is, but I, I think it's purposeful and it, it, it induces fear and keeps the children in trauma. Now, I, I think I said this to you before. I don't know if I said it on air, but being a police officer, especially when you have chaos and disruption, And there's a lot of things going on. All I would have to do is go, hey, you, go over there. And and 50 people would follow. Now, if you're relaxed and you're sitting in your chair and you're having dinner, and I all of a sudden start to scream at you and tell you to go somewhere, and you're in your right mind, you're going to go, she's out of her mind. But disruption and chaos, people look for direction. And the people with a a less constitution – Will take whatever direction they get, and that's kind of what like the, the sheet, right? One hundred percent. Yep. It, so it, that's and, why and, they attack you because they have no basis, in fact, to actually debate. So the only thing that they have left is to insult you. Which once they start to do that, then you know you have them, and then you know that you know. Oh, it, it's,
6: it's, it's I call well. it the liberal mentality. as they first they'll start to debate you, then when they realize they're um, they don't have the winning argument is when they'll start to belittle you and mm-hmm. then they outright attack you and then they block you. And then when they block you, that's when I might sit there
7: and just put a big post that says, ha, 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 idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I could, I want to, I want to share with you this, this really quickly. This, um, my daughter goes to a Catholic school. And I took her out of the Catholic school because, the, the public schools weren't really doing this job in the CRT. And then the, I call it D I E, um, but it's D E I, but I call it D I E. So they, it was a Ted talk. And what they start to talk about with the Ted talk is this build back better series in our thought, how we could address issues arising out of the pandemic and the horrifying death of George Floyd in the protest that uh-huh. followed. So they have this one gentleman, um, his last name's Joff. I don't. I don't have his name in front of me, but um, he is a PhD, and he says that. Um, Let's see. We joined today with. Oh, here it is. Um, oh, Doctor Philip Atiba Goff, the founder and CEO of Center for Policing Equity. Now, the teacher tried to tell me that this wasn't an attack on the police, and I said, "You've got to be kidding me." So. He says, we started working in Minneapolis about five years ago. At the time, it was like most major cities in the United States, a department that had a long history of unaccounted for violence from law enforcement targeting the most vulnerable black communities. I said, "Okay, well, he's trying to tell me that this isn't about this isn't about police. Um, And it's just he called the death of George Floyd. What we're seeing isn't the response to one gruesome, cruel public execution. It's a lynching. Not just the reaction to um, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and then George Floyd. So he says, what we're seeing is the bill come due for the unpaid debts this country owes to its black residents. Now, I just don't understand. You know, I kind of called him out on it. And he was trying to tell me that it wasn't against police. Well, (laughs) this doctor founded a group called the, the... Dickoville, Dickoville—it's an LGBTQ plus plus mafia um, music group. Is the is that what the Catholic school is teaching? Dickoville? Yeah, yeah, that's shocking. I don't even think—I can't imagine the president of the school knows this, but um, I, I got sidetracked there for a second. But you no, know, I'm just—I'm tired of this woke agenda um, and people doing political backbends to keep it going. I mean, first of all,
6: I don't owe shit to the black community because guess what? My relatives from Ireland, okay, and when they came over here, they were the lowest of the low. Every single ethnic group that has come into the United States has started in the um, the project houses, the rows. They were the lowest of the lows. Yeah, Irish need blood. Yeah, and they. Rose up in their communities and they spread out. The whole reason of the black communities still being into the urban areas is because that is where Lyndon Johnson wanted them, the big great experiment. Right, and the Democrats as well. They want to keep them there. They don't, I mean, the, the, you look at the numbers for, for when Trump was president, okay? The, the highest employment in the black community, the highest employment in the Latino community, the highest employment for women. And then, of course, you know, hey, tinfoil hat coming on right now. <laughs> you had the Democrats working with the Chinese. And I don't care what anybody says. They're never going to convince me otherwise. Release the COVID into this yeah. country yep, because they in, knew in the there was no best. other way. There was no other way. Because of the track that, that Trump was on with how the economy was doing, everybody was doing great, people had savings, everything. There was no way that they would have a
7: candidate that could beat him. So what do you do? You cause you chaos. And see, I, a lot of people, I, I, someone said this to me the other day, that, you know, that Trump said some nasty, you know, grab him by the kitty cat. And um, I said, he's not coming home to me. I'm not dating him. We weren't in a proxy war with Russia. We weren't washing billions of dollars for the Democrat Party in Ukraine. You know, I feel like, well, I've said this before, I feel like we're in that Hunger Games. Have you seen Hunger Games? Yes. Gather round, everybody, and have some caviar while we watch others kill each other. Uh, with You know, the big eyelashes and the fancy clothes and people yes. living in, in utter poverty. And, you know, what we're going through now, this recession, it, it's, a, it's a tax and how are we ever going to pay back this money? How are we ever going to have our children not be taxed to death and at the same time while we're paying for other people's college? What about people who didn't think about going to college because they knew they couldn't afford it? Exactly. What do they so, get? Well, this what do they, get?
6: they get to pay off someone else's kids that decides, oh, I want a degree in um watching early snails American- walk across the room <laughs> or something stupid <laughs> and lame and oh, but I can't get a job because um oh wait a minute the snails are endangered and there's none to watch.
7: I mean come on. Or there's no there's no jobs for early American gender studies in the caveman dinosaur days, prehistoric um, it, it's 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 just silly. So then you, you have some of these, these degrees that they have in
6: the schools I mean, it's, it's just a, a money game. And you know what? You want to talk about college debt, go after the friggin' universities. Why are they ignoring the universities that are taking all this money for tuition and putting it in the infrastructure or the, or the athletics or whatever. And they're charging an arm and a leg because they want to pay the million, two, $3 million salaries to the coaches of the teams. Either that, or they're the largest donors
7: to the Democrat Party. True that. Well, the professors' unions, obviously, absolutely. Along That's how they infected them. Especially here in Massachusetts, where we are, you know, we're a college state. Yeah. And, oh, you know, yeah. Uh, I was at Tabor last week, in Tabor Academy is a private school here in um, Marion. And they cannot say one thing out of line if you say hey guys come over here they're like that is gender disrespectful we don't call a group of people guys because there's girls in that group as well and they get like little like points like little I don't know you know you get so many points it's one demerit um, it just you know just teach my kid English you know Kyle's English teacher just, just teach her English in a, I mean this was English and they're watching a TED talk on how you know george floyd um you know was a hero george floyd was a drug addict now did
6: he did he deserve to die that way No, No, no absolutely not and that man is paying for it in jail like he should be should he be should george floyd have been a movement no no because you have democrats that worship criminals
7: well, George Ford had a 75% heart blockage. He had uh, enough fentanyl in him that if he was home alone, the medical examiner, even the one they hired, Michael Benton, who was a, you know, pay for play, um, if he had been home alone, it would have been an overdose. And I'm not saying that, you know, like I said, I'm not saying he deserved to die, but Sometimes there's a contributing factor. The contributing factor was he shouldn't have been kneeling on his back. But the further contributing factor, if we're going to go backwards, is his police chief, police chief probably should have fired him 10 years ago. Oh, absolutely.
6: I mean, he had for he obviously he had um, issues with force, Um Apparently, the move—I mean, that move—putting the knee on their back, right, or the, his neck—is has been illegal in most states for I well, at least police do that.
7: training. He's already handcuffed. There's no reason to 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 try to subdue him any further. And the fact that the other officers were like,
6: "Remove your knee, take your knee off," and he told the governor, "Guy, to pretty much shut
7: up." You know what I mean? It's like I think uh, one of those was a was a police officer who worked here at Cape Cod Community College as a campus police officer. And, you know, I will say that it is very hard to go against, if you're very, very new, it's very hard to go against a senior police officer. Oh, yeah, a field training officer. He was field training should, officer. You know, they, they, they should have. They should have said something. They should have done something. Um, but I'm sure that they were scared. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. They didn't know he was going to die. They knew what he did was wrong. And, and, but the thing is, you, you don't have someone like Derek Shervin as, a, as an FTO. Exactly, you know, and and you can't have people covering for bad people, and that's where you get, you know, the retaliation of the police departments, just like the unwritten rule. If you're covering for someone who agrees to the unwritten rule, you are complicit.
6: And that brings us right to where we left off a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about the um, unwritten rule in Massachusetts politics. Um. And we've kind of uh, basically delved out a little bit further in our um, investigation, if you want to call it, Diana Darylin on the hunt. <laughs> um, so we, we only heard back from uh, the one uh, Republican um, town committee member, Dom the Cape, that we read you last time. Amazing. So we decided to, yeah, c- considering it's like um, – I don't understand what is so hard about answering a question about do you do you abide by the unwritten rule? Do you follow it? Do you not recommend it? Do you recommend it? Again, the unwritten rule, of course, is someone that is uh, in office or an incumbent, say, Republican, um, will not come out and endorse another Republican that's running for a seat against a seat that's held by an incumbent Democrat.
7: It's the same as saying, I'm just going to support a Democrat. Exactly. I mean, you
6: you have the state committee chairwoman Judy Crocker who states, when asked bluntly, will you support the governor candidate for Massachusetts, Jeff Dale? She danced around it and then basically said, well, we'll raise money, we'll well, well she still work hasn't sent the behind the
7: scenes. I know. But she's like, we'll, we'll work behind the, the scenes. scenes. Behind the scenes is key because as she says, it's much more important.
6: And it's like, um, I I feel like I've never seen you know, usually when you when you rack the endorsements, you know, people are are are, are you know obviously proud to get them. They put it on their pages and whatnot. So in going further, I reached out to um Donna Buckley, who is the Democrat running for Barnstable County Sheriff in Massachusetts. One of the gentlemen who is refusing or unable to endorse any of the Republicans down the Cape happens to be running for, as a Republican, the Barnstable County Sheriff. So I reached out to Donna Buckley, who's the Democrat, because Donna Buckley has not been endorsed by the incumbent, democrat julian sear who i'm sure you all know his name because and was going to run against him had she you know won the primary julian sear has not endorsed donna buckley the democrat why you ask could there be some dealings going on between him and the republican who's a house rep who's running for responsible county sheriff well, let me Perhaps. ask you this: who passes the sheriff's budget the senate the senators, right, or the county? The county does, doesn't it? No,
7: it'll be the senators.
6: Yeah, Massachusetts is different and, here. Up here, and, we passed about a county. And what
7: I understand is that Donna Buckley is best friends with Susan Moran. Well, here's the thing. Who, by the way, just had a debate with Carrie McRae, who's running for um, state senate, Barnstable and Plymouth counties. Now, Senator Moran, the incumbent Democrat, believes that. The illegal aliens are only good to do the menial, low-paying jobs. Not that they are in danger. Not that they're being persecuted in their home country. That's very telling.
6: Is that similar to um, Nancy Pelosi saying, like, in Florida, that the migrants need to stay down there to pick the crops? (laughs) That is so
7: condescending and so racist.
6: Isn't it? and, And she gets a pass. I um,
7: think nothing yeah, of it, but I don't want to no. get off track here because so, well, what I was going to say is
6: so, so I reached out to Donna Buckley. Now let's keep in mind here. Donna Buckley has been endorsed publicly by Susan Moran, obviously because they're yeah, friends, that- but she's also been publicly endorsed by state rep Dylan Fernandez, who is a young upcoming Democrat. <gasps> I didn't know this. Yes. Publicly endorsed by him. Okay. Huh? Not by Julian Sear. I also reached out to the Julian Sear campaign. Of course, conveniently, I have not heard back. I asked about the unwritten rule. I asked if they were going to be endorsing, um, you know, uh, Donna Buckley other than a small campaign donation because he donated like a hundred bucks. No reply from his campaign. No reply from the Donna shulking. Buckley campaign. Shocking,
5: I say, shocking.
6: Yeah, so they haven't replied. So everything seems to revolve around the Crockers because they seem to run a
7: cape in their minds. Which which, <clears throat> which upsets me so much because Tom Keyes was a great candidate. He ran against Therese Murray. Tony Scaffi was a great candidate. Um, John Flores was a good candidate. There's a lot
6: of really great candidates that we now have to ask, were they actively... Um, you know, uh, I don't know what's the word I want to use.
7: Actively discouraged, like I was.
6: Yes. Or, well, or actively or behind the scenes, because we all know they like to do things behind the scenes. Of course. Because
7: um, that's how, more were they, they were working
6: hard. against the candidate that wasn't their chosen one? Well, you know what that's not, like.
7: They're not working against Tim Whalen and they're not working against Tracy Post because Tim Whalen has paid Judy Crocker $30,000. And, um, uh, well, she is his campaign manager, which no, again, no, brings I think me, she's Lazan's campaign manager, but no, right? no, no, no. Think, she's,
6: Tim, well, she's, just so she's not, can, she is listed on Tim Whelan's, um, as his campaign manager. She is most uh, definitely his campaign manager. Um, but I have to ask is, is that, is there no conflict of interest there?
7: I don't know, but let's let everybody else hear. Judy Crocker's voice. Um, Rick has it queued up. Does he? Yeah, give me mm-hmm. a sec. <laughs> people are going to love this. So now we can get the, a feel for the personality, a feel for the respect for other people, and a feel for, um, you know, how we try to bring Mary people together. $50,000
3: know, cash prize you know, playing, you know, playing Chumba, you know, Chumba you know, Casino this year. I
7: was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true.
3: Chumba Casino is
7: America's never. Number- I think he's right. probably least, playing he's the to play um. The post and getting sure. stuck in a commercial, right?
3: Yeah, since it's on iHeart, it's going to play an ad before it plays anything else. Hang
7: on. Okay, no, no problem. But I was at I was delivering signs today for um, actually four crystals on, and for William Peters and, the and for, for taking the, the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Uh, here Friday. It comes.
0: Okay,
1: broadcasting live from the Slate Mortgage Studio. It's the Ed Lambert Show on News Radio ninety five WXDK. Deep,
5: deep, 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 yeah.
3: <laughs> about seven after eight. Uh, Judy Crocker, who is the uh, state committee woman for Cape and the Islands, was on with me just before eight o'clock. We had to get into the break. She had a meeting. She said she would come back on the show after eight thirty. But uh, in case you just, in case you missed it, and some of you did, uh, this is Judy Crocker, the state committee woman for the Cape and the Islands, who was on with me about ten minutes ago.
5: I'm great, Ed. I just ended a campaign meeting short that I had at seven a.m. and I have another campaign meeting at eight. And I ended it short because I got forty-seven phone calls, and text messages, and emails about you this morning.
3: Okay, good. People are listening.
5: Yeah, people are listening, which is why my clients advertise on your show. Ew. Okay, what do you need from me? I haven't heard your show this morning, and but I heard you were calling me out. So what do you
3: want? Uh, calling you out. I was calling out the people reading emails, Judy, and calling out the okay. people that uh, like Dave Vieira and Tim Whalen and Stephen Exaros who will not support a Republican candidate against a Democrat incumbent?
5: Okay. Support is, is, a, is a term that can be used in a lot of different ways in politics, okay? I can tell you all the endorsements in the world don't get you elected. Case in point, Will Crocker, all right? And while people may not publicly put their name on things, that doesn't mean they're not helping behind the scenes. And and by oh, the way, the, the Democrats have the same rule. This isn't a one rule situation. Like what? the Democrats, the Democrats.
3: Yeah.
5: All right. If there's an incumbent, you know, a Republican who has an opponent, they stay out of it too. Okay, as far <sighs> as endorsements go, but people Two. go to campaign meetings. People sit in people's living rooms and discuss. People take phone calls and help. You know, they may not put their name on something, but that doesn't mean they're not behind the scenes helping others. Why why, why can't somebody
3: put their name on something, Judy? Why is that an unwritten law? You know what,
5: Ed? Why? Ed, I'm tired. Listen, we've been talking about this for three days. Let's talk about something here. You have said time and time again on the air that Scott Brown would still be
3: Unfortunately, Judy, I got ten seconds before I gotta go.
5: I call you after eight thirty.
6: (laughs) Okay. Isn't she (laughs) a nasty piece of work? Can you imagine? First off, she starts off with a basic, subtle, veiled threat. A lot of my clients advertise on
7: your radio show. Oh, really? (laughs) After after you charge them. Um, a percentage of their fundraising. Since she made thirty thousand dollars off of Tim Whale, and he made like fifteen thousand off of Tracy Post, and we don't really know how much money yet she's made off of uh, Chris Christopher Lazon, but she's paid to play. Yeah,
6: I mean seriously, that's that's an example
7: of. A, how about uh, this? You'll love this. On um, Monday night, we had our Barnesville Republican Town Committee meeting, and she's the chair. We have eight hundred dollars left. So someone made the motion. You know, I think we should give it to the candidates. So she says, okay, 200 to Tim Whalen, who has $250,000 in his OCPF account, um, 200 to William Peters, and 200 to Christopher Lazon. Now, she's Christopher Lazon's campaign manager. Wouldn't it have made more sense to give 400 to William Peters and 400 to Christopher Lazon? Someone who has $250,000 in the OCPF account does not need another $200. But Judy Crocker gets a cut. Of that $200. So that's the only reason I can think that she would have split it that way.
6: I mean, <laughs> well, so to, to encompass where we went after our show the last time is there's a huge power struggle happening right now in the mass GOP. Um, there's, there's part of the party is not happy with the chairman, Jim Lyons. The other part of the party really likes Jim Lyons. It's basically conservatives versus the establishment, however
7: you want to call it, but um, I think it's patriots versus communism
6: i mean i don't I don't know if I would say communism because let right,
7: well, let's the, say, let's, say let's just say the esta- we'll just say versus progressives
6: yeah I mean, I don't know the people enough to say, but um will Crocker. You noticed that well, name because you just heard the, it on the radio really the two
7: that I, I was talking about. Yeah. I don't know any other state committee yeah. members. So. so Will Crocker
6: um, sent a letter apparently to, there's, a, there's supposed to be, about, I think, 100 um, state committee people in Mass, sent a letter telling people not to go to um, the Mass GOP meeting where they conduct business. Obviously, this is um, an election year, midterm elections. So he, you have committee state committee members who are deliberately not going to meetings so that they can conduct business because a, they don't like who the governor candidate is Jeff deal, because that's, that's, they felt somebody else should, should be there. So you would expect the Republican party would come together similar. And it took a while when Donald Trump obviously was the candidate but when they came together, they supported him 100 percent. Pretty much. Well, the
7: Democrats do it and the Republicans just can't seem to get it together. Right. Because so, it's, it's more self-serving.
6: We So there was a, a state committee member um, who went after Daryl on Twitter. And he made a comment about a letter that Will Parker sent out. Well, me being the curious person that I am, found the letter that he sent to Jim Lyons, where he basically have you, have you read said... Have I read the letter on here? Have you read the letter on here? I haven't read the letter on here. We read it. Why don't you read it? Oh my god! Do I have my glasses on? Hold on. Okay. I'm gonna find it. You, you're putting me on the spot. I need to find it. I don't know where I found oh, it. That's right. It. I'll on. send it to you. Hold on. I have it. Just give me two seconds. I only have like ten trillion. Um, well, thousand, what I think is um, okay. I got it. Two. Well, I have it. Okay. So I'm gonna read. What? I said okay. Go ahead. Um, okay, ready. So this is what this is what Will Crocker wrote to Jim Lyons, who is the um, chair of the Mass GOP. Please be aware that a number of us have decided to not attend tonight's meeting because you refused to allow a parliamentarian to be present, even after one was made available. Your authoritarian and heavy-handed manner for running our meetings will no longer be tolerated. Uh, you can see who he sounds like, and we hope you reconsider your decision for a future meeting. This is a friendly reminder of. Party bylaws relating to a quorum. Section 4 Quorum A quorum for all business shall consist of no fewer than 40 regular members, although less than such a number can act to adjourn a meeting. Without a quorum, no business or votes may be conducted, no budgets passed, and no convention rules adopted. We strongly recommend that you work with our national committee members to reschedule the meeting with a parliamentarian that they identified present. In closing, we look forward to an update on the three ballot initiatives as well as the results of a special election in the 4th Essex and any information you are planning to share on the Attorney General's investigation. Sincerely, Will Crocker, State Committee, Cape and Islands.
7: So, Can we call that obstruction? Can we call that stonewalling? What do we call that? Um, uh, party coup? But, the, but there, is the, there is the veiled threat in there as well. Yes. We highly um, recommend that you...
6: They, they can't... So, basically, you, it's midterms. They can't conduct business. They're leaving candidates, really good solid candidates in the lurch, all because it's a power struggle. And so I reached to every single Mass State Committee member on Monday. And I sent them an email. And I specifically said, I asked about the unwritten rule, do you support it? I then asked about the letter because I attached the letter that Will Crocker had sent. And I said, um, I'm going to have to find my darn email.
7: <laughs> that was a good email.
6: I always send great emails. <laughs> <laughs> but now I need to find it. Hold on. It's going to be in your you email. You asked though.
7: basically, do you subscribe to the unwritten rule? Uh, how do you support your candidates? Yes. I think one of the questions was, do you know what the unwritten rule?
6: Yes. And I said... Yeah. Um, Hold on, that was one that went to uh
7: Sorry. I'll, have to, I'll have to queue these up next time. <laughs> I got
6: it. Okay. So um so I, the questions I asked, does your district follow the unwritten rule? Um my questions in regards to the letter sent out that Will Crocker, I said, Did you receive an email from state committee, Will Crocker? And if so, could you provide us with a copy? Because I'd like to see his letter they actually sent to the committee members. This is the letter he sent to Jim Lyons. So there's two letters involved here. We have one. I would love the other one. Um, what rules govern your convene meetings? Robert rules or parliamentary or both? Now, keeping in mind, they want a parliamentarian there. Parliamentarian is there to make sure that the, the meeting is running properly. Robert's rules is one method that you run meetings with. Parliamentary is a separate method. Now, I wanted to ask if Robert's Rules is how they conduct their meetings because there's a lot of different ways that the meetings are done if it's Robert Rules versus Parliamentary. Um, Aren't they typically uh, Robert's Rules? For the most part, it's Robert Rules, but when you have like select boards or, or town councils, they kind of do a mixture of both.
7: Um, so I said... Well, I'm guessing they want a parliamentarian because they have an ulterior motive for some mm-hmm. kind of goal that they want to get to you know perhaps some someone wasn't appointed or there's an open seat right
6: so then I said do you feel this type of movement in this election year promotes unity in the party for candidates running in your district especially as members again boycotted a unity gathering this past September what do you feel the goal of having a parliamentarian present would have accomplished and then I said what will end this perceived boycott of attending meetings what is the end result you are hoping to accomplish Basic questions.
7: Um, well, I think what they're hoping to accomplish is they're hoping to accomplish to vote Jim Lyons out and put, you know, a Baker fave in there. Like, like, Anthony Amore, Anthony Amore was all upset because he wanted to have Baker and his picture put in the GOP website. I don't know this for a fact, but in the GOP website and Baker locked us down, masked our children, ruined our businesses, um, Shut. I mean, kept us in our house. People died alone. Why do you care if he endorsed one person? And that's sad because a sitting Republican governor who's been a governor for a very long time, and he's still well-liked, would only endorse one candidate. And that one candidate is making a stink over a photo. A public stink about a photo with a governor who locked us down, ruined our jobs. Basically, exacted tyranny on us. Just run your race. You're a good candidate. Who likes
6: Baker? Just pretty much only the establishment likes Baker.
7: Exactly, and he's lost.
6: He has lost a lot of people that supported him in the last election. He would. He would. I don't think he would. If he chose to run for governor again, I don't think he would get elected. He's Um, weak. He's very weak. Well, he's um, which is hard because you have the Democrat running both the House and the Senate, and we all know how they are.
7: But, you know, what I say is you can still speak your piece and say that you're against it and shame on these state committee people if they do adhere to this rule, because we have people in the Senate and state reps. We have one that can't even form a sentence. He can't even string four words together. And William Peters is running against him. And the Cape Cod Times won't even acknowledge that he's a candidate.
6: It's because this goes. It's what what you're seeing in Massachusetts. It is what is going on. I mean, it's
7: just it's it's a symptom. Oh, the media blocks
6: you. Did I tell you Julian
7: Sierra agreed to only one debate with Christopher LaZan? One on NPR radio. (laughs) Of course, I said I would be taking out a full page ad and calling him a coward. Well, you still can do that. Well, one, well, my, it's not my race now, but um, you know, it's Christopher Lisanne's race. He's going to have to take the bull by the horns. But can you imagine only, and you know why? He's too busy. The senator is too busy for his job interview. Wow. Well, yeah. he's too busy for his constituents as well. Well, you know what? I mean, he's too busy because, you know, all those mail-in votings, all those mail-in ballots... Um, Which, by the
6: way, is this the first year Massachusetts went to full full mail in? I think isn't it? Mm-hmm. Or the option yeah. of
7: mail in? Yeah, we had a crazy number of mail in voters. I'm trying to find the number right now, but this is what happens when we when we primary Republicans. Well, we, what's we, an issue
6: with mail in because they have to mail them in early? You just don't know what is going to come up a week or two before the election, and people have already voted, and they don't have the option. Yep. Oh yeah. I've Although my understanding is for the mail-in voting, and I'm not sure if it's absentee, or whatever. But if you do a mail-in vote and you decide to show up at the polls, don't they have to find that mail-in and disqualify it, or how do they decide which one it is?
7: I don't know. I mean, I'm researching all this now. I just did a bunch of Freedom of Information Acts to um to gather some of this information because I just I'm so upset that a vote was broken. Count pieces that were supposed to count the ballots were missing. Um, I, I don't think that's the reason that I lost, but I do think that it should be investigated and any sort of election integrity issue. Um, you know, I'm against mail-in voting.
6: Oh, absolutely. But imagine if it was the general election and that happened.
7: Well, who's to say it's not going to.
6: There's, there's no guarantee. And, you know, if we have the general election that's going to be coming up. There's a lot of good, Candidates that are running for the Republican Party in in Massachusetts, in New Hampshire, all over this country, and we have to make sure that we come forward and
7: vote for them and get rid of the Democrats. They just got to be removed. No, everybody I mean, I, has to get out and vote. It's just trying to get people to to care, and and the reason that they don't care, what I'm hearing is they say politics is so dirty and disgusting. Yeah, that they just want don't want to take a side, but. You have to have an educated electorate to be able to self-govern. And if you don't understand the Constitution, you don't understand what your rights are, um, it's really hard to self-govern. And we really have to start teaching this in the schools. Um, You know, Republicans have to be active. I mean, even if we are having immigrants come here and then become citizens, we need to pull them into the fold because every Brazilian that I know here on Cape Cod that's legal and has a job is voting Republican.
6: Oh, absolutely. I think what they hear, because the media is fully invested in the Democrats, and, you know, if you just have that, you know, pushed at you day in and day out, and then, you know, a lot of times they in this day and age of easy things, you should be able to just look it right
7: up and say, wait, that's not true. Right. Well, how about Gavin Newsom in his, he wants to start to pull the medical licenses of doctors who disagree with COVID vaccinations. And people don't find that scary. this, This is why we have to start. People have to start to really pay attention. We have to get people to get involved. And if we don't, You know, we're in a war right now. We're we're in a war for our economy. We're in a war for our our way of life, our free speech. We're in a war for our children. And I don't want people to turn around one day and say, wow, I can't believe this is happening. I didn't know. Yep. I didn't know. And a lot of people. So do you know what a three percenter is? A three percenter is military people who take up to take an oath, an additional oath to their military oath that they will not participate in disarming a population, citizens, American citizens. And that correlates because only 3% of the people fought in the American revolution while the rest just sat was like smoking their butts and sitting on their backside and letting everybody else do the work. Right. It's everybody's job to be educated, I, I don't know how, you know, we can start to do this, but the schools, the schools aren't doing it. I don't, know, I don't know how we hold their feet to the fire to make sure that they do. Well,
6: how you hold their feet to the fire is you be involved. I can't even begin to tell you in in the fourteen years on the school board how many times we had sometimes more than five people in the crowd, and the only time it would ever be more is if there was a slight like a sports thing, an athletic coach being terminated or whatever, (laughs) they never would come to the meetings and be there. And in New Hampshire, we have basically the last, I think it's the last thing to local government when we have like our annual town meetings where people have a say in the budget. They have a say in what they vote for and what they support and they can change it at the local level. And wow. and that's that's you'll never find that in Massachusetts. So you basically vote for someone, or maybe you didn't vote for that person, and that person's going to be the one that's making the decision on how your local tax dollars are spent. So you didn't want to sit there and pay for, um, let's see, um, the electric uh, pumps. I, I'm just going to be facetious and anyway. something dumb,
5: okay? Right.
6: But your tax solace is going to go there because that person that's in that seat made that decision. Where if we tried to do that in our town, we have to present it as a warrant article. And if the taxpayers are like, oh, I don't think so, they how can amend to- it to a dollar. How many do they have to have to do that? In the town?
7: To, to change it, to, to, like you said, to, have, to participate, how many people have to object
6: Oh, it, it's a, it's done by simple majority. Oh, wow. And people can request um, a secret ballot so that people don't know how they particularly voted. And the only thing that's read by the moderator is what the, the vote count was. Like, you know, 2,000 like votes. To, well, I mean, normally they would do it when there's like a, a bargaining agreement or something like that. Or for a new building and people don't want to be seen it because they're afraid they might be retaliated against, which is insane.
7: Well, no, it's not really all the time. They may oh, be no. retaliated
6: against. Well, I mean, but- if, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, well, I don't retaliate against people, if, and then I'm, I'm like, you're free to vote how you want to vote. Great. I'm not. I don't hold grudges against something like that. I might hold grudges against other things. <laughs> <laughs>
7: I just think people have to decide, you know, I'll say, why don't you come to this meeting or why don't you come to a school committee or why don't you come to a town hall meeting? Well, I'm too busy. I'm too this and that. No. Make what the time. Are you com- what are you committed to? And the reason why we have some of these people who, you know, have a tiny bit of power, and I always say, be wary of someone with a tiny mind and a little bit of power. Oh, absolutely. Because I mean- they will turn on you. And until people start to really care and really come together, I, I think that once they do get involved and once they make a commitment, that they will see just what they have been missing.
6: So, we are uh, sadly at the end of our show because I feel we could have gone on for hours. Um,
7: <laughs> I told Rick, so, we, need, we need a three hour yeah, show. I was
6: no.
4: say, <laughs> your your co host is dropping hints that she wants a three hour show. So,
7: uh, <laughs>
4: yeah,
6: <anyway>. just... <laughs> <laughs> um, So, we shall be back in uh, two weeks, and we're going to be continuing this conversation. So we're not done, but we're going to hopefully try and get more answers out of people and see how many other states this is happening in. Um, well, we we be-
7: may have a special guest. I don't want to. I don't want to say who it is yet, but we may have a special guest.
6: And when we do know for a fact, we will be, of course, letting everybody know as soon as possible. I think we'll have Darrell and do the the announcement, the video announcement. <laughs> Anyways, have a great week. <laughs> darlin where can we find you? Well,
7: you can, you can find, find darlin w-
6: at darlin Haywood.
7: <laughs> at darlin Haywood on Twitter and www.darlenehaywood, D A R A L Y N H
6: E Y W O O D dot com. And you can find me on Twitter at DMB1031. And have a great week, everybody. Thanks,
7: Rick. <laughs>